Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, guys. It's Holly. Before we dive into this week's episode... Just a little heads up that I'm currently sitting in a silent meditation retreat. So this episode has been pre-recorded. I did that so well. filming this from Byron again we're not filming Hull we record I always say <laughs> filming she thinks she's on camera and she's not it's all I want all I want is to be on fucking camera <laughs> is that too much to ask um we are still in Byron Bay and it's great it's cold today yeah we went swimming yesterday yeah and now it's freezing do you know what it kind of makes me a little bit um like I love that it's been a warm autumn like a summer like we're still swimming coming into winter mm. but does it make you feel uncomfortable because it's like ooh, global warming oh it totally makes me feel uncomfortable i think because and not to bring up that it's my birthday but um because i was born at this time of year i have a real sense of how it's meant to feel because i've it's been a notable part of the year for all my life Do you yes know I mean? absolutely and i was never as a kid able to have a pool party yes. or a boat party or any kind of outdoor go to the beach. party yeah and um, I could totally do that this year. You could actually have a pool party. Yeah, which, sorry, to go back to what you said, yes, it does worry me. Because yeah. I'm like, this isn't normal. This isn't, right. we're meant to be retreating, we're meant to be hibernating, and we're still out living the summer life. So we've lost the cycles. I love I love that realisation, Jaws. It's true, because everything is cyclical. Yeah. And so even that autumnal period of like, we're heading into winter, it's less of a confronting slap in the face when winter comes. Yeah. But now we're waking up and we're like, shit, it's fucking cold. Yeah. I need to find my winter stuff. I know. And you know what? what like it could get hot again tomorrow right so we're constantly on our toes as opposed to settling in makes surrender pretty hard it makes surrender really hard and it also as humans we innately tap into what's happening seasonally whether it's from an ayurvedic perspective Mm. or whether it's just from the fact that our bodies need to rest for a certain time of year and we do need to hibernate and go indoors yes i remember last summer was it last summer or the one before no it was last summer it got to about late March and it was still boiling hot yeah and I went overseas I went to London and I hopped off the plane and walked out at Heathrow and it must have been like minus five or something Mm. and everyone's like rugged up and I was just like oh my god my blood can settle yes and I thought I don't know how much longer I can live in Australia 
if our seasons Keep are going hot. to get longer and longer and hotter and hotter. Yeah. It's interesting the travel thing that com- is confronting as well. When I went to Scotland last year, I packed my trench coat. I packed my turtleneck. It's going to be cold, right? And I, I went in July. So it was it was their summer, but still mm. Scotland. It was warm the entire time. Really? Like unseasonably so, where I did not wear my jacket or my trench coat once it rained for the smallest window and everyone's like oh my god it's summer like this is amazing and i'm like oh this is full on yeah Mm. this is an interesting conversation this was not part of the script script at all (laughs) but i feel like we just needed to have the conversation what is part of the script is we were asked in our facebook group a few weeks ago now questions around contraception oh yes yeah and there was a question around the iud and these sorts of things so we thought maybe it would be nice to have a little chat around our experiences and i think it's important to highlight that these are our personal experiences we are not experts we are not making any recommendations or soliciting any advice this is not the reco segment this is the our experience segment. This is wreck no <laughs> and just listen listen up because maybe you'll relate but maybe you won't and either side of the story is totally okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess the first thing to draw attention to is the fact that we've both had a very different um, experience with contraception because we've led very different sex lives this is it yes i fucking love talking about sex so much (laughs) do you see how excited i get my hands go into little claws and i'm like yes um yeah true that so i've only ever had sex with my husband that's so wonderful well yeah but sometimes i feel like i'm a little bit lame but also i don't think it's lame at all well thank you it's really beautiful, right? Yeah, it is really beautiful. It was never part of the plan, I promise. It just happened that way. Yeah. But I don't know why I feel this sense that I need to justify it's it. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I explain it or tell someone, I'm like, that wasn't like the way that we planned it. It just happened. Do people ask you if you waited until marriage? No, I've never been asked that, but I assume that's what people think. Yeah. It's like, no, we, we just lost our virginities to one another. Sorry, Trent. I'm like airing <laughs> all of the dirty laundry. <laughs> I love you. It sounds pretty clean, that laundry. It's actually very clean. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> something's working if it's 11 and a half years later but um yeah it's it has been a really kind of I guess easy experience for us when it comes to contraception and I'll talk about what I did in the early stages but because we have only ever been with each other we have never had to worry about STIs ever Mm. or any of those sorts of things so I am so vanilla and so kind of like I guess innocent when it comes to what you do if you're sleeping with someone for the first time and that person is new and you need to take precautionary measures yeah well I mean I guess they're two stories right so there's safe sex Mm -hmm. to prevent STIs and then there's contraception so that you don't fall pregnancy yeah right totally um but yeah I, I guess the the condoms thing is a is a big thing yeah if you're not protecting yourself from a sexually transmitted disease perspective yeah infection disease sti std i feel like they're interchangeable yes i think so too then yeah there's so there's so much freedom in that and to be honest with you and this is this is really bad i don't actually ever think about stis really with a new partner really should be thinking about that a bit more 
Why is that, do you think? Did you, in the early stages, like when you were first having sex? Yeah, maybe it's like, we're all adults now. (laughs) (laughs) We're fine. We're a lot more trusting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Mm. I feel like that would be the first thing if I were ever like out on the, I was going to say out on the town, (laughs) but I would be so scared of. No, of course. Contracting something. Yeah, that's something Look at you, you're like, you're like, oh, okay. Um, well, let's talk pregnancy then because okay. both of us are obviously at an age where it is assumed we would want to have babies. Yes. Um, but also actively not trying not to. I guess it's just like, where are you at, George? Well, yeah, I am in a bit of a conundrum. Um, and it's a, spirit, it's a spiritual conundrum. I was, Holly and I were kind of talking this over when we were planning this episode because – I hope this comes out right. I'm going to try and explain it and see if any of you resonate with me. At the moment, I'm uh, sleeping with a partner uh, and we both know that long term there's no future because he's not going to be in the same country as me. Um, So we're just enjoying ourselves, which is great. Um, But I'm also at the age and the stage in my life where I'm turning 35 in a couple of weeks and babies are definitely on the cards for me so it's not that I'm actively trying to fall pregnant right now but it's it's also like intentionally I'm not actively not trying to fall pregnant yeah and it's it's a funny conundrum because it feels like you can get very clear about not wanting to have babies with a specific person or at this specific time, mm. but not wanting to put the intention out that babies aren't something that you want. Totally. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like a, I'm, I want to call this in, but also I'm doing things that aren't in alignment with calling it in. Yeah, and it's we've actually been quite open about it, discussing it, because yeah. I think it's better to have it open in discussion than it to be something that you're not thinking about and the other partner being worried about where the other partner's at totally. and all this sort of stuff. So we're like, I'm lucky in that respect. But it's just been, yeah, it's been really interesting. And I was saying to Holly, in terms of contraception with pregnancy, my, which is the only contraception, so that you <laughs> when with past partners, I've, since I came off the pill, I came off the pill oh, probably about, how old am I? 35. Probably about 12 years ago, wow. 11 years ago, because it was just not sitting well with my body. And when I did come off it, I didn't get my period for 18 months. Really? Yeah. Shut up. I know. It was really bad. How long were you on it? Um, I was on it for two years and I came off it and then I went on it for three years. And also, just in all honesty, so everybody knows, I actually fell pregnant while I was on the pill. You're kidding. No. So... I mean, that's a whole other story, but yes. So wow. for me, the pill was never what it was meant to be because it didn't work. It didn't for you. work. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's going to be people listening, George, going, oh, but you weren't taking it as you should. I was taking it as I should. The only thing after we went over it and over it and over it and over it again and again and again was that I did have a stomach virus at some point during that month and that may have affected it. But yeah. I mean, it was wow. so insignificant that we didn't think about it at the time. No. Um, sorry, that's not what this conversation is about. But I think that's where my relationship with the pill went funny. Yeah. And then my body, when I went off, it just went into mayhem. Yes. So I was like, not doing the pill anymore. Used condoms. I mean, it's not as fun. And 
went through all the other methods. Then when I finally got to a stage where I was like, you know what, I'm going to track my period. Cycle. I'm going to track my cycle. Um, I felt so empowered by mm. that. But what came up for me was there would be partners who um, would be completely on board with it. And to be honest with you, that's only been in recent years. But there were partners that didn't trust me. Really? And that was... They didn't say that explicitly, yeah. but it was like, oh, I don't know if this is effective enough, you know. And I said, but I know exactly when I'm ovulating and when I'm not ovulating. Oh, I don't know. I just don't trust it, you know. And for me, that was a trust in me personally. Yeah. Right? So I think that – I think tracking your cycle is one of the best ways to do it. Yes. If you can refrain from sex during the ovulating periods yeah. if you don't want to fall pregnant. Yeah. Um, but you really have to have deep trust with your partner in order – for that to work yeah that's the same way that I do it George so I was on the pill for about six or seven years in the the first you know six or seven years of my relationship so that's when I went on the pill was when I was first started to have sex and came off again because my body just wasn't agreeing with it and have been tracking my cycle ever since to the point now where I know implicitly and trust my body I know exactly when I'm ovulating even just by the the signals and the indications of what my body is doing and when I came off the pill and started to track I felt so much more connection with my body than I'd ever felt before. Like when my period came naturally, I like, and I still, I get excited. I'm like, I'm so proud of you because there are so many women out there who struggle with that mm. and it's a real challenge. So I feel really grateful that I am getting my cycle regularly and I'm able to tune into where my body's at when it comes to the symptoms in the lead up to periods because, and we'll likely do a whole other episode on periods, yeah. but you know, we shouldn't be experiencing things like, like PMS, cramping, bloating, whatever it is. So when those things come up, I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't a symptom of something that I'm taking or something I've put in my body. This is my body's way of saying this is what's out of kilter. Um, And also being able to take control as to how you enjoy sex without needing to worry about, oh, I, I could be falling pregnant because... What am I trying to say here? It just takes a lot of the guesswork out of it because you're so in alignment with your physical does that make sense yeah another thing that's and this is my personal experience guys so please don't take anything more from it than you need to but I'm really in the headspace now and maybe it's because I'm getting older and I can have these conversations with men but I will not have sex with someone long term who if an accident happened I wouldn't be willing to have a child. Totally, totally. You know, and that's not to say that I am actively trying to have a child with the person that I'm sleeping with, but it's like, if it happened, because that's what happens when you have sex. Yeah. Are you willing to suffer the consequences of that or make a decision, make a choice together? Can you guys sit down and make a choice together? Yeah. And if I don't feel like I can sit down and make a choice with this person, then I don't want to be sleeping with them. Yeah, it's an energetic exchange. Yeah. And the more that I've started to do work in this space around sexuality and sensuality, the more I am like, oh, okay, it's a really powerful connection, Trent and I have the fact that we've only been with one another because of that energetic exchange. I cannot tell you how enviable I am of you. Really? Yeah, I just, I think from an energetic perspective, yeah, you leave so much of your energy and fragments of your cellular makeup in someone when you have sex with them. Wow. So 
when you feel that attachment to someone and it happens a lot more for women and there's Mm. you know oxytocin and all this sort of stuff that's going on Mm. but I really feel like on an energetic level you are leaving fragments of yourself in them right so that's why you always feel this connection with people that you've slept with yeah right and you can call it back I've done lots of energetic work where you start to call the fragments back to yourself and give their fragments back to them but it doesn't get more intimate on a physical spiritual emotional even mental level when you're having sex with someone yeah yeah so for you and Trent to only have fragments in each other is just like so pure I you know, know. it's like true blood <laughs> it is so pure do you know why anytime I share this and I'm sure we'll get it in the group or maybe we'll get some messages I do get contacted by women saying oh my gosh I'm the same my husband and I have only ever been with one another or I've only ever been with my husband and there's this like unspoken like shame territory around it it's really weird because and I remember having this conversation with a girlfriend I was like I feel like I almost need to justify that I am just as sexually experienced. In fact, likely more so because I can really like, I'm in such a safe and trusting space to Mm. like experiment and try whatever it is that we want to try because it's a really sacred container. But I just, for any listeners out there who have felt that like a little bit of embarrassment or shame because I've felt it too. I can't tell you how much I've been like, I wasn't like, it wasn't meant to go this way. It just kind of did. It's like, why are we justifying ourselves as to how many sexual partners we've had? If you've had like 20, 30, fucking celebrate. If you had a hundred, like power to you. Mm. And if you've had one, that's also amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Because really, I mean, sex is an exploration between two people. Definitely. But it is also an exploration of self and your own sexuality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think... I think you're right. I think when you're with a partner that you trust implicitly, then you're able to explore your own sexuality more. Yes. And that's so much more valuable than having multiple partners. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know. I totally, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, and what I guess that's happened for me in the last couple of years where I've been really comfortable to open up and explore my sexuality and really like turn up the dial of my sensuality because I am so held and grounded mm. in that. So yeah so then from a contraceptive point of view Mm. so you're tracking your cycle i'm tracking my cycle that said it's internal right now like so what i mean by that is i'm not using an app so when i came off the pill yeah yeah i know jordan's face is just like what the fuck so when i came off the pill i had all of the symptoms come up and i feel like that's a reason that a lot of women decide to stay on it because it's like I don't want to gain weight I don't want to you know break out but I got to the point where I just wanted to and I did I I broke out but that doesn't always happen that didn't happen to me see but I did lose my period for 18 months yeah I got my period straight back and this is after seven years this is why you need to talk to someone don't don't take take our word for it um and I went back to the, my GP and said, look, it might be something PCOS-y going on, but I've like really broken out, like there's all this stuff. And she told me, well, if you don't want to break out, get back on the pill. And I was so frustrated. I left, I was like, she's not listening to me. I don't want to be on the pill. Like, what do I do? Anyway, my body started to really um, level out. And in that time I was using the Clue app. And that was, you know, telling me, well, I started to get a handle of when my period was coming, 
when I was ovulating and what my body was doing in those times. So for instance, when you're ovulating, your temperature increases that little Mm. bit. So people use the daisy thermometer. I haven't used it. I hear it's great. Um, But also, this is going to be a little explicit, but what's going on in your vagina changes. So if you can become aware of that, I like I literally know when I'm ovulating based on what's going on downstairs. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. I stopped using Clue when I switched phones, which was a year ago, because it didn't remember all my stuff and I was mm. like, I fucking have to start all over again. I was like, mm, I've kind of got this. That said, I am in a position where should I fall pregnant? I'm pregnant. Like it's not it's no issue whatsoever. Yeah. So I would not encourage anybody to be like, I'm just not even gonna use the app to track it. No. It depends on your situation. Yeah. And mm. I, yeah. I will talk we'll talk about we'll talk about apps in a bit. Cause I think for me it's just like it's like it's like when you have a good idea and you know it's a good idea and you listen to your intuition and then you just ask your friend, Is this a good idea? And yeah. they go, Yeah, it's really good. Yes. That's what the app is for me. It's like Validation of what I already know. Yeah. But just so I can feel that extra bit safe. Yeah. With tracking. Absolutely. In saying that, um, I do the same. Yeah. So tracking my cycle, but have in my latest relationship been using condoms. Yeah. And I have to say, I haven't used them for a really long time. I think they've come really far. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like, I remember when I was younger, like in my early 20s. It was an uncomfortable experience. Yeah. And it wasn't very enjoyable. No. It kind of took the fun out of sex. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I'm not even noticing it. Really? Yeah. Are they like a thinner... They're thin. Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe it's this particular brand. I'll find out what it is and I'll let you know. Yeah, find out. But um, yeah, it's been it's been di- it's been a different experience. Well, I like I've played with con- played with condoms in the past. I've like <laughs> flicked them across the room. I've blown them up into balloons. I've played with them. No, um, I don't like. What about the things like ribbed condoms, flavored condoms? Oh, like, um, wh- what do they like? Are they a thing? Well, I don't understand flavored condoms because I just don't like the idea of having a condom on while doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, can you get transmitted? Maybe well, I guess you can, you can, but it's like, if you haven't had that discussion with your partner, again, I'm sorry if I'm sounding like a prude, but I just feel like if I'm going to give head to my partner, yeah. I'd want to have had the conversation by now knowing about that, the STIs. That's so true. And for him to whip out a flavoured like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Strawberry. Like, I don't feel like you do that the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You totally. It's like a trip to the lolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What flavor would you like? Yeah. Um, do you have something to add? Oh, no, I was just laughing because I'm like, Chance going to be listening to this and being like, why are you talking about blowjobs, Holly? Like, when was the last time? Like, he would just be like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I'll be like, fuck. Fuck. Um, <laughs> we got here. This is like married people talk. Okay, I feel like we should backtrack. No. Um, and then what was the other one? Ribbed. Ribbed. Oh, I haven't used ribbed in a really long time. Okay. But I don't remember it being the extra pleasure that they promise on the packet. Can we do another episode on sex and talk about, like, like masturbation and stuff? Sure. Okay, cool. But I don't think you can fall pregnant masturbating, so we won't do it on this. Episode. We won't do it on the contraception <laughs> episode. Fair call. But, I mean, it is a form of contraception. Don't sure. have it sex. <laughs> Have sex with yourself, which is sometimes much more enjoyable. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I feel um, like this is 
this is the convo. This is the convo. So we would love to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, because there are things like IUD and the copper insert and like I literally have no experience with those things other than what I read about and see online. Um, yeah. That said, my girlfriend Nikki runs an incredible page. It's not it, – this is a reco, but it's not one of my recos. My Moonbox mm. on Instagram, she talks about all of the various contraceptions and how they work in your body. So contraceptions – Contraceptives. Contraceptions. <laughs> Fuck. Better wrap this segment up. <laughs> no, it is. It's a lot of free info that she gives as well, so it's great. Check it out. Check it before you wreck it. Right? Oh. Wow. I mean, that sounds... That Check sounds it before you wreck it. Yeah, we don't want to be, like, no. wrecking it. Babies are not wrecking your life. No. They are goals. Oh, actually... Let's move on to recos. Okay. Because one of your recos this week, George, is actually off the back of this conversation. Yeah, so I do use a period app and there's so many period apps out there and a friend of mine put me onto this about five years ago or maybe three years ago. Um, and I don't know if it's better than the other ones, but I thought if you're not using one, get this one because I love it. It's called Glow, G-L-O-W. It is purple, not that that matters. I love um, that. But basically I'm ovulating in two days time, guys, just so you know. Um, you can track your period on there. You track the length of the period when it's due. So you can look ahead to see when your period's due. But also you can do a daily log, which is really important when you're trying to fall pregnant. So you can use yeah. it You can use it to fall pregnant. You can use it to prevent pregnancy. You can use it just to track um, how you're feeling throughout your cycle. Um, you log things like sex if you had sex if you had multiple sessions yes. if you had no sex i should start doing this more um the ovulation test uh what's is that? this it yeah that's it i'm gonna download stats so you can get it on samsung for those of you <laughs> who are using a samsung you can also track your basal body temperature which i was doing for a really long time right. in the mornings but i kind of got over it i might start doing that again when i'm actively trying to fall pregnant then there's somewhere to log your symptoms now this is the most important for me because like holly said your cycle can be a really good track of where you are from the last month health wise yes and so i really like to look back and go what was happening on day 14 last month interesting and i look at the symptoms and see if there are any different yes um and over time that starts to paint a really beautiful picture of what's going on yeah you can also track your moods which is interesting wow. am i always frustrated on day 14 am i always anxious around day seven right you know, like so that's really good um and then they've also got this new part of the app which is a meditation Part of the app, so they do guided fertility meditations. So what if you're looking fuck? to fall pregnant, just to put you in the right mindset, um, and meditation for real life, they call it. It's a beautiful app. I really love it. It's it's quite pleasing on the eye. It's really easy to use, um, and there's and also a community. I mean, I'm not really into chatting to people, but. <laughs> There is a community if you want to chat to other people on there. Amazing. Yeah. And it really is quick to download. I literally have it in my phone while you've been talking. Yeah. So it's, I'm going to get really on great. it. It's really great. Please start using it. Thank you. Um, what's my second record, Holly? Well, it was something that you made me watch the other night. Not made. Yeah. You sat me down and you said, Holly, oh, watch this. Yeah. You didn't actually. <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, I love how Holly has to tell me my own recommendations. It's, um, it's been a big couple of days. It's been a big <laughs> couple of days. Um, okay. So this is so good. This is a stand-up comedy special. 
everyone I've recommended this recommended this to has not been disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Netflix. Her name is Eliza Schlesinger. I-L-I-Z-A, Eliza. And this particular special is her latest one on Netflix. It's called Elder Millennial. Now, it's not new. It's been on Netflix for a while. But if stand-up comedy isn't in your suggested list, then it probably hasn't come up for you. She is hilarious. She's not crass. No. She's not gross, which a lot of female comics think they need to be in mm-hmm. order to be funny. Um, she's She's got brilliant comic timing. She's smart. She's sassy. She's sexy. She's sexy as. And I think she's got a very similar sense of humor to Holly and I. Well, yeah, I was sitting there going, oh my God, like, I'm sure we've made those jokes before. Yeah, it was, she's just, she's great. And so if you want to like have a real belly laugh, I 100% recommend that. And I, I, I highly, why well, was I going to say highly, but I really love funny chicks. Yeah. There needs to be more of like a representation of funny chicks. Totally. Talking shit. Yeah. Which is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. But she's fucking good. She's good. She's really good. She's I watch good. a lot of stand-up comedy because I love it and I secretly want to be a stand-up comic. Um, Ali Wong is also hilarious. I've heard good things. She's very, very funny. I like I like Amy Schumer as a person. I don't love her stand-up comedy. I find it a little bit sh- like shocking. Yeah, like, like forceful. Forceful shock value. Yeah. Um, but I do love Amy Schumer as a person. Um, who else is a good female stand-up? I mean, comedy? Ellen, although her most recent stand-up was Ellen's shocking. Ellen's a good stand-up. I think she's a good host. She's a great host. But she's not She's not good at stand-up. Mm. Um, and I think stand-up is an art. It like, is. I think Tina Fey's funny. I think Amy Poehler's funny. But I don't know if I could watch a stand-up special on True that. that. True yeah, that. True that. If you guys have any records for funny stand-up female comics, yeah. that would be fun. Let us know. Let's go to a show. Yeah, you can come to my show when I'm a stand-up comic. Okay, no, no. Done. But let's I'll probably take the show. microphone off you and be like, no, 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 this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in New York last time, um, friends of mine who were living there took me to a lot of the comedy clubs and they don't tell you what the lineup is. It's just like on the night, you just yeah. get what you get. And every now and then you get a fucking Jerry Seinfeld or a Chris Rock. Shut And up. at this club, Jerry Seinfeld had come the week before. Stop. I know, Stop. I missed him. Oh, my God, he's... I love Seinfeld. Yeah. He's Top so three funny. fucking TV shows of all time. Yeah. Have you watched his stand-up special on... I haven't. Have you watched... Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Have you watched um, Riding in Cars with Comedians Getting Coffee? If that's not the name of it, I'll tell you what it is later. But that have you seen that brilliant. show? No. It's so good. Okay, so it's Jerry Seinfeld. Love. And basically, he's obsessed with cars, like beautiful vintage cars. Right. So the premise of the show is he goes to meet a different comedian every episode in a car that he thinks is representative of them. So he picks them up in the car, they hop in the car, they chat in the car and it's usually quite funny. And then they get to a coffee shop and they sit down and they have coffee together and it's just them riffing. I love it. And then he drops them home. Who's the best guy he's had on? Old girl. Oh, I don't know. I watched it so long ago. There's three seasons. There's some really good ones. I mean, he picked Ellen up, but that was definitely not the funniest. James Corden. I love James Corden. I don't think he did 
pick up James. I don't think he has done James Corden. He needs to. But there's lots of. Oh, that's so bad. I wasn't prepared. That no, was that wasn't like the record. That just one. came. But up. watch it. It's funny. If you like Jerry Seinfeld, I love Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. What are your records, my darling? My first record is a book. Mm. A book that I haven't finished. But maybe by the time this airs, I will have. You will. Um, and it's called Any Ordinary Day. Mm-hmm. It's by Lee Sales, who's a leading Australian journalist. Yes. And so you can you rest assured, it's very well written. She writes in a way. I know when people hear journalists, they're like, "Oh, I'm, am I going to be able to like keep up with the lingo?" No, she writes in a way that's really easy to digest, very simplified, very just subtle, um, and. I'm going to read you the back of the book, like a part of it, just to give you an understanding. It says, as a journalist, Lee Sales often encounters people experiencing the worst moments of their lives in the full glare of the media. But one one particular string of bad news stories and a terrifying brush with her own mortality sent her looking for answers about how vulnerable each of us is to a life-changing event. What are our chances of actually being struck by one? What do we fear most and why? And when the worst does happen, what comes next? Now, it sounds quite heavy, and she does interview people like the hostages from the Lint Siege and uh, one of the heads of the University of Sydney whose wife passed away very rapidly, very quickly, out of nowhere. Um, I forget the name of the man who was stranded in... Stuart Diver. No. Oh, was he the one with the Mars bar? No. No, Stuart Diver was the one in the... um, The avalanche? The snow, yeah. Yeah, I haven't got to that one yet. She does talk to him. She talks to another man who uh, basically got trapped for 43 days on a mountain in Nepal. And, like, it's it's the most incredible story of survival, like... Uh, unbelievable but basically what she does is she sits down with these people who have gone through these traumatizing like wake up one day and it's meant to be just any other day as the title is any ordinary day and the worst happens because we hear those stories constantly in our face about all of the awful things going on what happens after that Mm. and what happens after that is life goes on and these beautiful threads of hope and Belief, And we haven't got to the end yet. I haven't got to the end yet. But she seems really shaken at the beginning that every single person she's spoken to so far comes back to their connection with something higher, their connection with God or universe or whatever you want to call it, in that, no, like this is, you know, there is always love. And if anything, those experiences have led them to be more grateful for their lives as opposed to why is this happening to me? Mm. So it's a book that's really seeped in hope, in belief, in just something bigger than us. And she does a lot of research as well as in statistically, what is the likelihood of us as individuals being caught up in these shock, horror, huge, crazy events? Mm. And why is it that we cling to the likelihood of those things happening when in fact, for instance, the one that really rings true to me is air travel we're all terrified of getting on a plane and like what's gonna happen you know not all of us are terrified but a lot of us are when in fact driving the car is a lot more dangerous like the the trip to the airport is a lot more dangerous than getting on the plane but our brains like to attach themselves to the big scary things the only other thing I want to share, there was so much juice in this book. Like a client of mine, Sarah, sent it to me because she's like, you're going to love it. And I am loving it so much. 
she spoke about a study where they took a sample of people and gave them electric shocks and then basically said, would you prefer to know that you were going to get an electric shock and be shocked or not know whether you were going to get one or not and sit in that space of not knowing? Uh, I would totally want to know. Right? Yeah. Most people said the same thing because it's easy for us to be in control so we think of the situation of being shocked. I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to prepare myself for it rather than sitting there and going, is the shock coming? Is the shock coming? Is the shock coming? Oh, so that gives me anxiety. This And this is what happens. We We get anxious. So we tell ourselves it's so much better to be in control even if there's pain involved Mm. because the pain softens when we know it's coming it's mind-blowing anyway i could talk for days i can't wait to read it any ordinary day lee sales so good next reco it's a food one and i know i say a lot that i am not the biggest cook which is a truth and i was saying to george last night it's not that i'm not a good cook and I'm not talking myself up as a Leo. Like I'm not. I'm not a bad cook. I just. I'm lazy, to be honest. And I just. A lazy Leo. I'm a lazy Leo. And that said, one of my go-to's, one of the go-to's in our house, is something known as pulse pasta by San Remo. Now, <laughs> what, what? What? No, nothing. I just. I just love. Um, how we share brand names so freely on this show. I know so we do. Great. We're like giving you guys a shout out because your pasta's great. Send me all, all of the, the pulse pasta. pasta. No, literally, I was saying to George this morning that we have to have at least two packets of this in our pantry yeah. at all times. So pulse pasta is made from pulses yes. rather than what's normal pasta made from wheat, wheat. yeah Flour. yeah so they're gluten-free which is great if you've got you know a sensitive tummy that said pulses are things like beans legumes lentils chickpeas which sensitive tummies can also get upset with yeah i don't look i i love pulse pasta too the the other um uh, benefit of it is that it's higher in protein than your regular pasta. Yes. Because of the legumes that are in it. Yes. Um, I personally, like, I love it, but I, it is a bit of roughage for me. I find it quite hard to digest any kind of legume, mm. but especially, like, chickpeas and all the rest of it. But because it's ground down and made into pasta, it is a little bit easier. But, yeah, it's my, just a yeah. side note from... It's- it's been okay with my belly. Um, and when what you say about protein, so they have this on their website, uh, that regular Australian drum durum wheat yeah. pasta is 12 grams of protein and the pulse pasta is 21.3 grams. Yeah, it's so, so good. It's so good. And it's so good for like vegetarians because you could make a purely veggie-based pasta sauce yeah. and have it with your pulse pasta and you're still getting your protein. Well, this is why I do it. Yeah. So I'm pescatarian. I eat seafood. But my naturopath, Kate, who listens to the show, hi, Kate, <laughs> <laughs> she told me to get onto pulse pasta and I was like, can I have it like more than once a week? She's like, oh, yeah, you can you can have this regularly. Yeah. And I'm like, it feels like such a treat because it's pasta. Mind you, I just have pasta any, anyway. But this is our pasta. This is what we have as pasta now in our house. Yeah. And you can. You can just make a beautiful tomato base with some parmesan, obviously. Or Trent does a really good um, garlic prawn mm. pasta with it. Anyway, it's definitely worth giving it a crack. It You can just get them at 
Cole's Woolies. Uh, and I could talk more about the Pulse Blaster and all the different things about it, but I'm not going to because no. I, I mean, think there's I've lots said of all the brands. things. So San Remo is definitely the most accessible. Um, there's one that you can get from health food stores. They do like a really good mung bean fettuccine mm. um, and a brown rice spaghetti and a black bean spaghetti which is really nice to use in like stir fries and stuff as yum, well yum and um, i will say that this one has the vegan tick of approval oh there you go and it's got a five-star health rating not that you can really trust you those fucking trust health those ratings what's coconut oil got like one or something yeah, it's terrible it's actually a joke um anyway that was my second record so right get yeah. your pasta out get your pasta out um, so Holly, this week you're going to teach us something new and I'm so excited about it. I have all the questions. I can't so I'm wait. gonna I'm gonna let you talk. Okay. And then I'm gonna Kanye West your ass. Girl. And I'm gonna steal the show because I wanna ask you all the questions. I'ma let you finish. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm talking about boudoir photo shoots. Yes, so those of you who aren't familiar with boudoir, it's basically bedroom photo, sexy shoots, right? And my girl Gabby, who you may know on Instagram as Embedo Photography. She's actually my first ever client. So this is like my favorite client success story. But anyway, she developed this idea and she's not the only one that's doing it. Obviously, there's plenty of women out there doing this, but they're empowering female photo shoots where the premise of it is if you can get comfortable in front of a camera with your sensual and sexual self, it's going to change the way you see yourself in your body. And when Gabby approached me to do her first ever shoot, this was a little over a year ago now, I was terrified, George. She said, you know, you'd be the first one we're shooting. It's in a hotel in the city. You're getting your hair and makeup done. Bring some sexy lingerie, some outfits you want to wear. Like put it, put together a little Pinterest board of how you want it to look. And I was like, what's boudoir photography? I don't want to get naked. Like, oh my God. I ended up the entire shoot basically in my grey turtleneck sweater beautiful and it was sexy thank you well I was that was how confident I was it was like I I don't want to have everything out because I really was struggling with my sensuality then I didn't even have a relationship with it so for me it was okay I'm gonna like use my sweater and feel really comfortable and yeah I had a, a few more sexy ones but they were all kind of pretty tame in the scheme of things and I got the photos back and I was like oh that's me she had a way, obviously, of making me feel really, really comfortable mm. in front of the camera. And it's a huge responsibility on the photographer when they're taking photos of women in those vulnerable positions where, you know, you know, you're in your underwear or you might be topless, whatever it is. And she made me feel super comfortable. And when I got the photos back, I was like, oh, fuck, I should have got naked. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at them and I'm like, wow, these are amazing. And my, it all it took was me looking at those photos to go, let's go next level here. So when I co-hosted a retreat with my friend Nikki at the beginning of this year, or a few months ago in Bali, we invited Gabby along because we thought it would be amazing for the women involved in the retreat to have that transformational experience with her in falling in love with their physical by seeing themselves through literally a different lens. Mm. Because it's not often that you beautify yourself and then get in front of a camera and have someone telling you how to shape your body and how to get comfortable. Well, these women, oh my God, it was the highlight of the retreat. Mm. They were walking around our like villas 
totally naked. And these are women who at the beginning, and a lot of them I've been coaching, have had, you know, been fearful to go to the beach in their swimwear and cover up at the beach or avoid it altogether. Next minute, standing butt naked in front of a lens, like the queens that they are, being like, yes, I've arrived. And seeing their eyes light up when the photos came back in tears going, I can't believe that's me. Now noticing the energetic shift in them, it makes me emotional because every single woman deserves to feel that way Mm. and we don't allow ourselves to. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? I'm someone who doesn't like having their photo taken um, and often people say to me, oh, but you take lovely photos and it's like, oh, you see five shots out of 5,000 that I'm happy to show you, right? So I hate any kind of candid photo. Wow. Um, And I don't know when it happened because I loved being photographed when I was younger. Um, but it's, it's obviously some sort of filter that I've put over myself, right? Where I don't yes. want to be seen. seen. And um, so the idea of taking my clothes off yeah. um, and feeling comfortable enough with myself but also with the photographer yeah. is so confronting. And I know Gabby, so it's still confronting for me. Yeah. So maybe can you walk us through how the day unfolds so maybe when it's just the two of you not a whole the whole group of women yeah i will just say before we i answer that question that on this bali trip i ended up getting naked so i've got these beautiful photos that I, they're for me and they're for my husband and they're for my friends where i'm like check out my boobs in this photo um <laughs> So you can build yourself up to that point. That's what I wanted to say there. Because last year, turtleneck. This year, no clothes. Um, But what I was going to say to that is you will arrive and there will be the photographer. I'm just talking from my experience with Gabby. So I'm just going to say Gabby will welcome you. And it will either be in a hotel or I think she even does private sessions in your home. And if you choose to have a hair and makeup artist, then they'll obviously be there getting you ready. And then you bring what you feel comfortable to be in. So that could be an oversized white t-shirt and some cute little shorts. That could be a full, it could be a full dress. And that's how you start. And then you, you know, decide to take clothes off later on. Could be sexy lingerie. It could be like some fucking hot heels and that's it. Whatever you feel your most liberated and free self in. So you'll get your hair and makeup done. And then Gabby will sit down with you and you'll show her the kind of vibe that you're going for, the aesthetic, if you will. So did you create a Pinterest for I actually did and I don't use Pinterest often. It's so my favourite thing in the world. I know it is. Mm-hmm. So if you look me up on Pinterest, oh no, I think it's a private board because that was when I was really shy about this. But yeah. I have a boudoir board and you can find beautiful boudoir shots on Pinterest okay. to share. Yeah. Um, and then this time around I just showed her a lot of like naked gals and was like, make me look like this. No, <laughs> not make me look like this. I will be like this. Um, and yeah, she goes, okay, great. And then she'll pump the music and she asks you what kind of music you like. Gabby makes it a sensory experience. She'll have oils on if you like essential oils. If you want champagne, she'll have that there for you. She makes it a really like, so you're super, super comfortable. It's a beautiful environment always. And then for me, she's, she knows what I'm like. She pumps the old school R&B, like I'm talking dirty R&B and like fucking Eminem. And so I'm instantly like comfortable. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And she will direct you exactly how to shape your body and move. Unless you're like, I want to pose like this. She tells you every frame, do this, look there, arch your back like this, stay like that for a second. And that's, that's what I would want because I feel like sometimes when you're moving and you can't see yourself, 
you don't know. And there's so many photographers that just take your photo. No. And go, yep, yep, great, great. And then you get the photos back and you're like, what the actual? No. So Gabby is a pole dancer as well. Mm. She's amazing. She knows as women how we move our body and what, you know, is our most flattering angle. She did a post on this actually around posing. And, you know, put your leg like that. And you're allowed to want to look beautiful and sexy. That's the premise of all of this. You are allowed to want to take sexy, beautiful photos. Mm. I give you permission to. It's not vain. It's not egotistical. You're right. That's That's what it is. It's like, am I am I sexualizing myself and is it okay for me to want to be beautiful in these photos or is that really um, superficial? It's a story you're telling yourself. Yeah. It's not superficial. I mean, even if it fucking is, who who yeah, cares? Who, cares? Totally. who actually cares? Like, if you get these photos back and I guarantee you, you look at them and you're like, oh, my God, that's me. I'm beautiful. That's what I care about. Like, that there is so many more awful things in the world happening with women than a woman who likes what she sees when she looks back at a photo of herself mm. or a woman who takes selfies or a woman who can like pose comfortably in her bikini. When I see women down on the beach doing swimsuit like shoots, I celebrate them. I'm like, get it girl. Fucking yes. Sorry. We've got to stop the shame and the stigma around women who feel good enough in their bodies or in their physicals or just as a human that they want to be taking photos of themselves. Obviously the intention behind that is important. So if you're doing that for validation or you're doing that for other people, I would question your intention. Every time I show up and do one of these sorts of shoots, it's for me Mm. first and for me exploring a new side of myself and finding and tapping into an energy that I am yet to play with. Um, This is especially important for mamas who feel, and Gab shoots a lot of, you know, new mums and mums, you know, with kiddies who have lost their identity as a sexy or sensual person. It's like, well, you can get it back and it's still there. And in fact, you're more in touch with your body than a lot of us who haven't had bubbers. So yeah. Um, can I just say one more thing about Gabby? Gabby was telling me the other day, and I don't know if you're in on this, Holly, because I imagine you would want to be. Talk to me. But she started doing um, Disney shoots. I know. <laughs> I fucking no Disney. And she had another theme. Um, what was it? It's like the murderous women who were like, yeah, she did like – like naughty nurse, like I just killed this guy who's on the floor there. Oh. Like, like fucking, what was it called? Boudoir uh, Noir. Oh, Boudoir like, Noir. Yeah, yeah. So she does cool. themed sessions and she does do Disney, yeah. Disney Boudoir, which is fucking cool. Who would you dress as? For Disney Boudoir? Um, maybe like Princess Jasmine. Fuck yes. Yeah. yeah, I had a Princess Jasmine costume actually. Or Sleeping Beauty could be fun. <gasps> that could be very fun. What would I do is Disney boudoir Pocahontas <laughs> with a fucking tree. And I just feel like, oh, we'd like a like strategically placed pot feather. plant. Oh. <laughs> it's like this feather coming yeah. out that I could be Yeah. Oh, my God. So it, this is what it is at the end of the day. It's about yeah. having fun, not taking yourself too seriously. I think it's so good. Gabby's yeah. coming back up to Byron in November. Are you going to shoot? I think I will. Yes. Yeah. Imagine doing one in my loft bedroom. You could do one in the loft. And that's the other thing. Gabby is she makes you so comfortable so quickly she rips the walls down she's funny as fuck and she'll just crack jokes so you you really soften and relax and throughout the shoot she shows you she's like how's this how's this how's this so it's not like you're waiting you're like i don't know what i've looked like in any of these 
Yeah, it's it's my favorite thing. I will Great. boudoir shoot until I'm 97. Okay, so we'll put Gabby's details in the Facebook, in the Facebook group, group and we'll tag her on Insta. Yeah, and you can check out what she's doing. Get your boudoirs out. <laughs> Everything is get something out. Like it's like get your pulse faster out, get your tits out, and get everything out. And while you're there, open up your ear holes. And <laughs> with that, thank you for listening to another episode of The Middle. We'll be back in your ear holes. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.